<laughs> uh, wait, my mind's gone a little bit like dead. Dead, yeah. Mind dead. It's hard to talk about nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, we, yeah, as we prepare this episode about the French left, we have on this table just all of these books about. Is fascism about to take over France <laughs> for future episodes? That's what he returns. Yeah, to the, the running theme of this show. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, so far, like almost everything we've done has been on the right or the sort of center. Yeah. And uh, oh, except for the. But even except the, for Eribon, but that was yeah, that was about the decline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so today, I guess. We're doing the left. There is a left-wing force that exists in France today, yeah. still a sort of far left, and it's called La France Insoumise. La France Insoumise, def- you know, we I think we spoke about this. I can't remember which episode it was, but maybe Didier Ribon, and we were like, uh, the, the the 2010s are over, you know, yeah. and like this is like Mélenchonisme and and, and la, well, La France Insoumise was formed uh, later, but Mélenchonism very much defined yeah. that whole decade for the left in France. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when I arrived in 2017, I mean, I don't know, there was so much excitement about, obviously there were those, sort of the words were coming over from the United States and Britain, Corbyn, Sanders, yeah, yeah. people are taking over the Labour Party, yeah. taking over the Democratic Party. <laughs> um, and in France, there was this sort of electric excitement in the months yeah. before the 2017 election yeah. about Mélenchon's candidacy. Yeah. This was... Clearly, he had achieved his uh, goal of outflanking and surplanting um, the PS, the Socialist Party. Yeah. yeah. Shall we say a lot's happened since, and uh, and so actually researching this wasn't quite as uplifting. Welcome back, guys. This is French bashing. Also, uh, <laughs> welcome back. Yeah, sorry you, you had to listen to us. <laughs> uh, I'm Harrison. I'm Nick. Um, and I guess two episodes ago, if you guys tuned in, we spoke, yeah, as Nick just mentioned, we spoke about sort of sociologist, philosopher Didier Ribon, and we had hoped, I guess, that that would be, I don't know, the, kind of the lead into at least one or two episodes sort of about kind of where was, I guess, left-wing left. French politics today. Obviously, last episode we had a bit of like kind of a... As a more um, sort of parentheses, but now we're kind of I guess going to pick up from where you where we left off then. So and I guess and then might... we, and then afterwards we're going to rapidly get back onto the right. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> um, where are we? How much further are we? Now? When is the election? It's about what five months away now. All in all, April. Four months away. February. Yeah, four a months until month okay. late okay. March, okay. and then another month. Okay. So. okay, so yeah, four months to the presidential election and. I mean, the sort of French electoral left left wing electoral landscape is grim, grim, grim. In absolute tatters, like <laughs> it's a, it's a fucking mess. And like, there's, I mean, at least there's a bit of comic relief now and then. The whole uh, Hidalgo Montbourg trying to do force a primary on the left, <laughs> because so basically, there's various candidates on the left. There's Mélenchon, obviously. Jean-Luc Mélenchon. Jean-Luc Mélenchon. There's uh, the PS candidate, a, a lady called uh, 
Annie Delgo. Who's the mayor? Yeah, the mayor of Who's Paris. Who's the mayor of Paris? Uh, there's some random XPS dude called Arnaud Montbourg, who you, we don't need to know any more about. His him. campaign yeah. slogan is <laughs> La Remontada. Oh, yeah, La Remontada, yeah. It's like one of those like bizarre French uses of a Spanish word. Right, kind but of. I guess which just sort of means the revival. Yeah. But he, Decided to say it in Spanish I mean, well, yeah. for some reason. <laughs> he, he thought it was stile, which is, I guess, yeah, a winning, um, I don't know, a winning electoral slogan in a year of sort of violent French nationalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoever was one. And of course, then there's Jadot, yeah, the yeah. green, gu- the green candidate. Yeah. And they're all polling absolute dog shit. But Mélenchon is either the first or the second. Right depending on the polls. The comic relief is that the two candidates who are the polling the lowest, Anne Hidalgo, the PS candidate, and Arnaud Montbourg, just some other sort of ex-PS dude, right. uh, who are bombing, they're now making calls for the, the, uh, a left-wing primary right, right. in between all the candidates to put someone forward. And of course, Hidalgo has been sort of like shitting on this idea for months and months and months and now that like I mean I don't know what she thinks I guess last so last week in the morning I guess she was about to go on a campaign sort of tour to the southwest I think mm. um, and she had some like morning interview and was like no left wing unity no left wing unity mm. she was definitely on the train going down to the south mm. and then came back to Paris that evening and then was sort of on some news network <laughs> in the evening it was like I solemnly call yeah, all yeah. left-wing yeah, parties yeah, yeah. and political figures <laughs> to rally and commit themselves to an open primary yeah. for all the left-wing The authority forces. of my, within the margin of error, to zero, no polling, <laughs> you know, you know, commands you to have this primary. Uh, yeah. And then, I guess, yeah, multiple sort of jumped on... The bandwagon yeah, clearly, in the yeah. days after. And he, I guess, on, yeah, I think it was last Friday or last Thursday, took a video of himself calling Mélenchon and Jadot, the Green Party candidate, being like, Hi Jean-Luc, uh, hi Yannick. Um, I'm just calling. I, I guess this neither lady. of them answered. It goes straight to the voice. Because <laughs> they were like, what? Oh, Mumble, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. not picking that up. And he's like, guys, we need to really talk about, like, unifying. Uh, Primary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to Maneuver. wear the label of being oh I was the candidate that called for yeah yeah sorry yeah that, that's exactly it that's exactly it I mean over the last like, but like everything that the left is doing at the moment more or less it's much more to do with like what's gonna and we'll get onto that later but what's gonna happen after the election right, right, right. and so like 100% Montbourg or Hidalgo after the election when there's a different kind of reconfiguration happening yeah, on the left yeah. are gonna be like oh well we called for union before but you didn't want to and we could have won if it weren't for you and that gives a certain amount of capital I mean I swear that somewhere there's just a machine that like <laughs> produces like Le Monde or Liberation like I don't know op-ed essays yeah, that yeah. are like co-signed by 50 like political figures yeah, yeah, yeah. or like journalists that are like la gauche yeah, yeah. doit se rassembler yeah. avant 2022 yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. these have been coming out since 2018 yeah, like yeah, everyone yeah. has been like if these parties don't get together and have some sort of agreement They're gonna the left is going to be totally destroyed yeah, yeah. and might be just sort of out of the game clinically sort of removed removed from French <laughs> yes. politics yeah. with like a scalpel yeah held by Macron yeah um, yeah yeah the car crash that is sort of unfolding before our eyes we saw it 
one could have seen it two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all knew it was we were going to be here. Like, I don't think anyone thought that by this point they would have worked it out and that la di da, you know what I mean? That like there would that there would it would be politically viable. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We all knew we'd be here, and and you know that's just the way it is. Like. But it's a shame because I mean, this is something we have spoken about. Like, even if you go back, I mean, I don't know, two years before the pandemic, the there is sort of uh, yeah. there is grounds again to, to to claim that it's possible. It is there. There is a majority of sort yeah. of politicized French people or whatnot, or yeah. even even unpoliticized. But there is a potential majority of French people that could get behind some sort of left-wing program. Yeah. Um, if you go back to the Yellow Vest, if you go yeah. back to the, reform, to the well, anti-retirement I, reform strikes and protests, I mean, the, they're... I think let's, the truth is, is that the real rise of the right, the proper, like, when it was just shot, has been since COVID, really, let's face it. Like, I mean, I mean in recent, in the last few years, yeah. in, in, in Macron's mandate, you know, because for the first half, it was just social movement after social movement, and those sort of struggles are, are very good for the left, Hmm. Or at least a very good for the left being able to position themselves, whether they do so successfully or not is a different question. Hmm. But like, you know, they keep the agenda on something which isn't what the right want to talk about, you know. Hmm. The pop, you know, the sort of like far right like to claim that they're of the people and all this stuff. But then when there's a when there's a social movement, when there's an actual confrontation between workers and capital, yeah. where are they? Obviously fucking nowhere. And so that's good for the left and it's bad for them. But obviously COVID has just completely suppressed all of that right, right. Uh, stopped it in its tracks you know there was this accumulation of movements happening this front against Macron kind of forming around Reforme de Retraite and that was just literally interrupted yeah, yeah. by Covid and ever since all we have is just like an absolute just flood of mm, mm. of right wing ideas and I mean an important thing to remember is that sort of C-news we've, uh, which we've spoken about um, which I don't know Everyone in France is today sort of more or less forced to talk about what Zemmour yeah. wants to talk about. I mean, it's it's the Bolloré on chain, where Zemmour was sort of before a candidate. That was where he was sort of a night the nightly commentator. Um, but he was only he only got his CNews position in two thousand nineteen, October two thousand nineteen. Before October two thousand nineteen, CNews was a failing news company. Yeah, 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 yeah. It had not carved out its space. In, in yeah, the there's, there's been a horrible conjuncture conjunction of this fact that that, that the rise of CNews with the total suppression of social movements. What the left has is that they can throw up these social movements and it forces things on the agenda that otherwise yeah. aren't, right. and that can't happen. Or that's not really been happening right. since. Right. COVID started.
And so, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's where we are right now. Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> we sort of wanted to give you guys today, yeah, was a somewhat of a sort of historical perspective again on, yeah, what was maybe Metal Shrooms. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we'll have a, a afterwards, afterwards, we'll have a little speculation about what may become of it on the left in general, sort of after After, yeah, after this election. Yeah, um, sure. Um, but yeah, but the, I, the, the sort of, Going through this from the perspective of the of the person Mélenchon is right. really important because, you know, unlike so I guess unlike Sanders and Corbyn, you know, Mélenchon's really been what maybe since two thousand and five with the no yeah. uh, to the EU constitution, like, has been at the heart of reforming the left. Mm. You know, whereas in in. Senator you know, Corbyn came out of nowhere. So well, I mean, like, Corbyn obviously was in the Iraq war movement yeah. and anti-austerity, but he did come out and he did come out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, like, actively trying to sort of reorient the left, which Mélenchon has been doing for the past 15 years or more. Yeah. Um, and Sanders, although maybe he, he, he was trying to do that, is so isolated and so right. unable to that it's not just a realistic thing for him to be doing. It's only something that you can really claim that Sanders has been doing, what, since... 2016, 2016 maybe yeah. um, and so Mélenchon you know Mélenchon is you know his trajectory shall we say over the past well, over his lifetime but especially over the past what 20-30 years is quite an important frame through which to understand how, what's going on yeah, I mean, it on was the left at the moment or over that time after it had become clear and this I guess maybe sort of prefacing a bit but after it had become clear sort of by the early 2000s what kind of François Mitterrand socialist party had become again yeah. this big tent left wing um, uh, political force like after being become clear by the early 2000s what the PS was all of his energies was essentially towards reconstructing something something like that sort of could do that the again. 1981 yeah. Mitterrand yeah. Um, yeah. sort of yeah PS. in a sense you've said this before that he is a genuine Mitterrand true believer in yeah. that he does believe in a radical alliance in between centre-left elements and radical left elements right, right. Uh, that can take government and they can enact, you know, radical change. Right, right. But, well, I guess we'll start from the beginning because, you know, he, he did exist before 1981, I yeah. guess. Um, so, yeah, Mélenchon uh, was born, what was it, 51? In, yeah, 1951, and... and he spent the first few years of his life in Morocco. So he was a Pied Noir, which is French people who lived in sort of the North African North African colonies. colonies. Yeah. Um, and so he came back to well, he came to France. Uh, yeah, as a young child. Or early 60s, and he always talks yeah. about it as quite like a sort of not very pleasant experience. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like he felt really torn from what he considered to be. The country he you know his country at the time yeah, and he's, he's still you know and he he has a lot of empathy with immigrants on this basis that's right. his discourse on yeah, immigrants yeah, yeah. is like you know you know and i know the sadness of leaving your country and so on and so forth um but so yeah and you know he's, he wasn't from a sort of radical family you know he they were catholic you know they were as pionnoir by default for you know not you know against independence mm. you know not in a sort of militant way and then of course you know he got he, he's a bright kid he goes to school and he sort of joins uh, you know 
a Trotskyist organization, I believe it's called the OCI, or, but it's a it's the Lambert, it's the Lambert organization. Right, right. So he's 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 referred to as a Lambertist, which was just a sort of Trotskyist figure at the time that people followed. And but very yeah. important also f- uh, as sort of a current of yeah. this far left political movements. Yeah, France. very important actually. Among sort of the early PS, you had a lot of people who yeah. became kind of figures in, I guess, the 81, 1981 yeah. 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 Socialist Party who were former Trotskyists. Yeah, yeah. Some I don't know, historical controversy or speculation yeah. as to if he sort of kept his Lombardist ties. Well, it's like, was he an entryist or not, basically? Basically, yeah, yeah. And so he was sort of part of that cohort of entry yeah. into the PS uh, as over the course of the 70s. If I remember yeah, correctly from the biography, um, he, I think, was sent to actually, I don't know, heckle a, a Mitterrand rally, I think. Oh, yeah, back when he was a Trump. the 70s, I think. <laughs> he was like, he sort of went to sort of, I don't know, so to, I call know, him a, to call him to call him a social fascist, or whatever, a social traitor, <laughs> and he just was like totally sort of captivated by I don't know his aura, aura and whatnot. <laughs> of course, <laughs> um, and as he remembers it, this is when he knew he was sort of going to join the bits. The bits. <laughs> um, uh, um, I guess, it, but he kind of I don't know. He spent a few years out of poli- out, out of politics. Though, in the mid seventies, he had like a kid quite young in his early twenties. Yeah, he was, that, was a wife. teacher. Though, um, yeah. In the Jura. And yeah, that was a teacher. I guess uh, no. And then he was also he also did some journalism, and he sort of mm-hmm. wrote for um, I think a, a local paper in yeah, in, in mm-hmm. uh, Dauphin or uh, Dauphiné or what's it? Uh, yeah, de, la Dauphiné. Ah, la, la Dauphiné. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah, uh, Mil- uh, Mitterrand, true believer. Yeah. Um, and first elected as senator in 1986, 1986 uh, yeah. in Essonne, which, which is, is suburb south of yeah, Paris. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and before then, briefly, yeah, he was, I guess, in the cabinet of and, some mayor. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was also, I mean, he he, he had worked as an advisor to various exactly, yeah. political, PS yeah, yeah, PS yeah, people yeah. before then. But yeah, senator, and he his first sort of electoral, or stint as an elected official, he yeah, was a senator for some 14 years until 2000. And then in 2000, he became sort of yeah, a junior minister in Jospin's, mm-hmm. I guess, sort of left, plural left government. And this yeah, is when yeah. Jospin... La, la gauche plurielle. Yeah, this yeah. is when Jospin <laughs> was prime minister under... I guess the Gaullist. Oh, it was the president. cohabitation. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. By the early two thousands, he's clearly kind of and throughout he's the swimming 90s, against the tide. Well, by the nineties, throughout, throughout the nineties, he's a leading left winger in yeah, the PS. Yeah, you he know. F- sort of founds and leads a number of sort of currents. Yeah, and and in the early noughties, yeah, tendencies. Yeah. Uh, to, so obviously, the big kind of uh, what marker, historical marker for this period is the 2002 election, which is the election where Le Pen goes to the second round. Daddy yeah. Le Pen, like yeah, actual yeah. Holocaust denier. Right, like. right, right. <laughs> okay. uh, anyway, I mean, he gets the second round and that's like a massive blow. And so that was the first big like moment of like, what the fuck? Yeah, Evelyn Marchand was in sort of a several month long depression. Yeah. Obviously the PS had been drifting to the right for quite a while. Yeah. But what's interesting, after 2002, I mean, a lot of those figures that had also sort of come of age alongside Mélenchon and people like Hollande, mm. um, a lot of the, that sort of Mélenchon's yeah, generation yeah, in the yeah. PS who were on the right of the party, Ségolène Royal, um, le, these people were like, okay, Lons, we now really yeah. need to go to the right. We really need to sort of Fosca. outflank um, sort of 
conservative party is on appealing to sort of I don't know suburban upper middle class yeah, voters. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is sort of I mean it's the sort of social liberal term yeah. from the Socialist Party. Two thousand two, yeah. on the one hand, strengthens Mélenchon's arguments and his claim that no, the PS needs to double down on winning back working class voters that are seduced by the national yeah. fronts, and it also I guess is read by the sort of Hollande. Royalist Roscan crowd as okay, we need to sort of abandon the baggage of sort of the programme commun of the Mitterrand, I guess, appeal to the working class. Um, And basically, that tension would sort of play out until 2008 when Mélenchon was like, okay, the PS is dead. Yeah. There is no way because there's another election in, tw- in in two thousand seven. It's yeah. Ségolène Royal against Sarkozy. Sarkozy beats her, and right. then it's the following year. Is it two thousand and eight that he two thousand eight yeah, that he yeah he November two thousand eight. I guess he founds what is sort of the precursor to La France Insoumise, which is the current I guess, which is called the Parti de Gauche, the Left Party. Right, right. And I guess we're missing one. I think extremely oh, yeah, crucial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess biographical historical now, which we've discussed before. Which is what is the two thousand five. EU constitution referendum, which um, I guess was yeah based on, I guess France France's integration with the EU yeah. and huge I mean political controversy in France mm-hmm. as in other European countries, <laughs> but Mélenchon essentially was he was the no guy the I guess yeah the one of the no leading guys. figure for I guess a left wing no pope. Yeah. Which did win. The, yeah, it won, but yeah. it didn't matter. Right, right. Um, <laughs> which is the, which a year the later, I guess the French Parliament essentially passed the, the Constitution yeah. um, in revived form. Yeah, slightly revised. But this, this, this is what really brought him onto the national stage right. as a figure, recognizable figure, right. not just a name in the PS, but a name in the right, country right, at large. Right. right. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. So then, yeah, in two thousand and twelve, there's another election. Hollande is elected as the candidate, uh, chosen as the candidate of his party, uh, the PS. And Jean-Luc Mélenchon runs as well, uh, heading this thing called the Front de Gauche, the left-wing front, um, which sort of brings together the French Communist Party, lots of like the Trotskyist Party, the Nouveau Parti Anticapitaliste, the MPA, and so on. And they come forth, they get 11%. uh, Behind François Hollande, who wins, obviously, behind Sarkozy, who goes off to the second round against Hollande, uh, and, and, and then Marine Le Pen is, with, is above yeah. him with 17. Yeah. Um, and I guess what's important to say about this election specifically is that a big part of why Hollande won is because of, of mm. the way that Mélenchon ran his campaign, mm. the way that Hollande ran mm. his campaign. Mm. Mm. Um, and I reckon Mélenchon feels super bitter about it. But also Mélenchon, you know, he called for people to go vote for Hollande. And that's... And but the, I mean, just to compare 2012 and 2022, I mean, that's where you really see just how much French politics has changed. Like, yeah. obviously, yeah, I'm not trying to sing the praises of François Hollande, but like mm. that election, again, this is four years after the financial crisis. Mm. Um, you have sort of the European debt crisis starting yeah. to develop. Uh, and, I mean, the Socialist Party, I guess, it has to run a campaign on... Taxing 75% taxing... of the highest earners. Right, in like, right, right, right. at 75%, the highest band or whatever. Right. No, but I mean, that's... By 2012, I mean, I don't know, the gambit or whatever that Mélenchon had 
bet on in 2008 when he left to pay us. I mean, it seems like it's somewhat starting to pay some fruit. I mean, 10% or something in the national election, he has sort of brought together yeah. this left-wing space, it's, which had been somewhat devastated by the Payas's rise yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I mean, he had re-somewhat, obviously, where it's still quite far from sort of the Communist Party's glory days in the 60s yeah, and 70s, but, but, but I mean, there's like, some sort of force the, there that he's put The party, he left the party, the, the Socialist Party, three years before this election, right. was able to create a front with enough organisations to bring in all these organisations together and get double figures. Yeah. You know? Okay, they didn't come third. They wanted to come third before Marine Le Pen, and they didn't. But they did get double figures, and it, I like... You know, it's a, it's an impressive feat to come from nothing and to go and to be to be it's a force that needs to be taken into account. Right. You know. So okay, in twenty sixteen, the France Insoumise actually forms. Right. Sort of officially a year before um, the election, the same as La République en Marche, uh, right. which uh, is Macron's sort of non-party too, and. I don't know, just in the space of under 10 years, he go because in 2017, you know, he did, he came forth again, but he got almost 20%. He was a, you know, a fraction of a percentage off 20, he got 19%. And, you know, um, the next above him were Francois Fillon, who's the centre-right guy at 20%, Marine Le Pen, 21%, Emmanuel Macron, 24%. But basically, what yeah, again, what that clearly shows is, and I, obviously, yes, there there are many sort of conservatives or right wing people that yeah voted for Macron. But as you said, yeah, the I guess the coalition that had been the Socialist Party of the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, two thousands has split. Mélenchon by two thousand seventeen has achieved his goal of. Rebuilding, I guess, his ideal of the Socialist Party as a big left-wing force yeah. outside of the PS. Yeah. Um, is that, I guess, given the shape of French society and the people that vote in French society, is that enough to get more than 20% and get into sort of an elected mm. position? Or does one need to have... Is of, it a ceiling? or Is, is it, it a ceiling? Well, I think yeah. no, but part of the structure... If it's... Sure, yeah, I think it is. But like, I think part of the structure of that ceiling is that the centre-left institutions cannot countenance this rising or like being a junior partner in it. As what happened? I mean, yeah... If, Macron, if Mélenchon is now sort of around, obviously he's suffered since 2017 yeah. for a number of sort of scandals. I yeah. guess there, in 2018 there was a... So the emblematic scandal. There was sort of a, yeah, a, a police raid on the headquarters sort of over some, I guess, well, it was some bullshit. finance. It was Macron fucking. Was obviously, it was yeah, Macron it was, fucking with it Mélenchon. It was clearly, right? yeah. He's been around for quite a long time now and he is, I guess, a personality. And I, what's strange, I mean, you left when people our age when you speak about Mélenchon. I mean, I... I there are so many people that the first thing they say about him is, oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, or they just sort of like, you know. His, like, his sort of but, you know, character the, they find somewhat But it's also, offensive. well, yeah, so there's the, the whole thing is that there's the raid. And he is, so Mélenchon, there's something to be said about Mélenchon. He's, an, he's very charismatic. He's an incredibly well-rounded political operator. He's, he's you know, all the, all the respect due to, you know, someone like Corbyn or someone like Sanders, right. who, who is, I think Sanders is a more skilled politician than Corbyn. But Mélenchon is just, just bodies them both, frankly. Like, he's a, such a well-rounded 
political actor. He's he's got a political thought of his own, you know. Like he's not right. he's a political thinker and he's incredibly talented politician. He knows how to speak and mobilize people right. and like when to strike and how to strike, you know. But he's also a bit of an asshole, you know? Like he is a bit of an asshole. I mean he has it's uh, it's the sort of it's the flip side of and he clearly views himself as sort of a world historical figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least in French history. Yeah, in yeah, French yeah. politics. Which, which is universal history. <laughs> yeah. The uh, flip side of that is definitely sort of an ego. Yeah. Like clearly yeah. can he, I don't know, is not the kind of loving uncle that any American leftist who doesn't like Sanders. I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> what are you actually not? Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, maybe, I mean, Sanders, like, it would be something I've always, I mean, to, to compare this, you know, you sort of, we're indicating this, mm. but like, I mean, Mélenchon speaks on a, a, a sort of a level of sort of depth and at an intellectual level yeah, that is, the... I mean, he he paints in a way that Sanders, or I guess I don't, I haven't really listened to Corbyn, but he paints a picture of what a good life yeah. means and entails in a way that just maybe just because of American politics mm. and American media life and just. I don't know, the general devastation of yeah, so sort of left-wing political culture in the United States since Reagan or since the 70s. That Sanders just can't do. Sanders just has to be like, yeah. we need free education. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Need Tax the rich. Hospitals yeah. that <laughs> will not bankrupt you. Yeah. Mélenchon, he speaks on this level of, I mean, sort of what will the, sort yeah. of the good life today mean? And so that's the thing. I mean, like their program of 2017... Is it genuinely? I mean, there's you know, there's sure there's problems with it. Uh, why not? But like, it's a genuinely very radical document, and the rhetoric as well. You know, for example, like uh, the Labour manifesto of twenty nineteen or whatever, or twenty seventeen. You know, I, it can be described as radical, perhaps in its context, but the rhetoric is so like dumbed down. You know, it's part of the fact that left wing political culture in France does have traction it does have traction um but also just like yeah i mean you know put it this way like insofar as we can call him a populist that he doesn't call himself a populist mm. but he is in that left populist category mm. but you know he's not like you know pablo iglesias or the podemos people who have sort of you know applied MOOF right. and leclau you know he is quite close to it. He's close, to yeah, but he sort of. And he is. I mean, he's very. He has his own. He has American his own. Oh, absolutely! But he also he integrates it into his own thought. And within the French, I'm not trying to call Podemos sort of sheep so. or anything yeah. like. But what I mean is that there is a sort of element of Mouf is the maître, you know, is the master, is the sort of thinker, and then they are sort of interpreting it and like applying it and using it to strategize. And he also does that, but he. He, he more uses it to develop his own ideas, which are separate, you know? And also insofar as just what we now call sort of left populism yeah. or sort well, of that's, a, a that's progressive populism. Uh, like, it really is also just radical, classical French republicanism. It is also yeah. just the language of French, like radical French democracy, which Mélenchon is obsessed with. Like, he is obsessed yeah. with the French republican tradition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in a way that's not the toxic republicanism that is hegemonic today yeah, in yeah, French yeah. media. One of his leading one of his leading planks since I guess yeah, since the two thousands has been we need a parliamentary 
Sixth Republic, which is not going to be dominated yeah. by the executive. Exactly. Which um, well, so then that's that, I mean, like that's for me. That's why. I, well, that, the most radical aspect of the document is clearly the Sixth Republic. You know, he is he inscribes himself in this Republican tradition, what he calls Republican social, a social Republican, uh, and and he he you know he has a very it it, it, it contains a very developed answer to what to do with the French political system and French democracy. Very axed on democracy. <clears throat> what, he, what he also tapped into, or, or not tapped into, but gave meaning to once more, is this idea of a, not, a French radical tradition that means that left-wingers can take pride in singing the Marseillaise, in having a French flag in their hand. You know, before Mélenchon, you wouldn't see many French flags at, like, yeah. left-wing shit, you know what I mean? Like... And he may, you know, and I think, and I consider that a, a very good thing, you know. Or politically astute. Well, polit- well, exactly. That's what I mean. It was clearly a very an effective move, you know, um, and and but and and that's why it's interesting. I mean, that's why it's so kind of incoherent when people, you know, he's the. We've spoken about this in other episodes, but the big sort of rhetorical weapon being used against the left. Or at least there was a phase of it, and now it's a bit later. But is this Islamo-leftism kind of accusation, sort of complicity with terrorists mm. and so on, and anti-Republican, anti-the values of the Republic and so on. Now, obviously, that's levelled at Mélenchon all day, every day, blah, blah, blah. The irony of all that is he's actually genuinely a Republican. He is, right. he actually is. There is, there is like, you, you can't, like, everything he's written, everything he's said... Is is I is I am a social republic. I believe in a social republic. That means basically socialism with a republic with republican institutions. Yeah. You know, and that you've got this whole sixth republic sort of. That's the major. That's the centerpiece of his project. You know, and it just goes to show how sort of like you know what people are talking about a cadaver when they talk about republic and and do you know what I mean when they talk about against republican values. You know, like the, 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 this or that is against Republican mm, values. Mm, you know, the mm. fact that people who have absolutely no kind of, I mean, the fact that like Marine Le Pen, who literally comes from the far right anti Republican tradition in mm. French politics, can accuse someone of and like, like Mélenchon right. of being, you know, anti Republican and ambiguous on Republican values, just goes to show the perversion of the sort of field of discourse. In Republican, I mean, Pretty much everyone to the right of Mélenchon has redefined republicanism as just as, anti-Islam. Yeah, as anti-Islam and n- not questioning the institutions of the Fifth Republic. Right. right. The authority of the state and repression of the Muslim minority. Yeah, of the um, Muslim threat. <laughs> Is the this attempt to create 
a space to the left of a center left party. Well, it's clothes. it's there we go. The, the, the like, so obviously this is Milosevic's last candidacy. I yep. think. <laughs> Be crazy. I mean, yeah. So I guess who's gonna take the cake on the left? after the result of the 2022 election. Like, no one's win. So probably Mélenchon is running to win, but that's just because this is his probably his last shot. And, you know, he... or whatever. But the left is in a process of positioning itself so that after the 22 election, 2022 election, when either Macron or someone on the right of Macron will probably win, and we'll get onto that, um, who's going to be the one who can bring everyone around and, and create the new umbrella space for you know, inverted commas, unifying the left. Mm. Um, and so, shall we get into, you know... Sure, yeah, the different... I mean, the Greens have exactly. somewhat outdistanced the social... Uh, pretty yeah. much outdistanced well, exactly, the, the, the big thing uh, is, the big the big story is, the gre- are the Greens going to replace the socialists as the big umbrella right. partisan organisation? Right. Um, and and what's going to happen to that France Insoumise in that context? Right, you definitely have people within the France Insoumise... I guess it's. I definitely, definitely would not want to say the right wing of the France Insoumise. Yeah. That's I don't know unfair, but there are people within the France Insoumise that want Mélenchon, that want the party to sort of Join open in. up more to yeah, I guess these political forces that are I guess maybe more to the right of where Mélenchon. The idea that that France Insoumise could continue existing as it is um, without Mélenchon, I think is. Is unlikely, right? You know, I think his him as and a he figure has a really ho- of exactly, and he holds that organization together. Right. It, I mean, it, it was literally created for his candidacy in twenty seventeen, yeah. so it's not a surprise that if he, when he leaves, it ceases to function, or like as we know it, it ceases to be the organization as we know it. In the same way that sort of Macron is, I think, sort of. If I can't imagine another figure. A, in Macron's government, mm. um, or I guess sort of in uh, maybe French politics that could sort of achieve the balancing act that he does. Like the, I guess, the weakening or the sort of destabilization of France's traditional kind of bipartisan structure or mm. this ideological pole between the sort of left and right and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Macron has very successfully, momentarily, sort kind of suspended that. that quite devastating for people like Mendel Schultz. Oh, yeah. Um, and for kind of mm. the left. Yeah. Um, and, well, I mean, let's just assume that Macron was re-elected. Yeah. Um, this April. From the day he's re-elected, um, there's going to be jockeying within, I guess, again, yeah, it's silly to say, the left wing of la Macronie or the Macronist sphere, but yeah, yeah. that left wing there, I don't think a lot of those people will get behind, I mean, a Darmanin or a Bruno Le Maire. Like yeah. A lot of these people are going to gravitate. And Jadot, the Green Party candidate, has been, I mean, he's been trying to sort of essentially pick former Macronistes yeah, yeah. and bring them into the Greens. Yeah. So that's, it seems like if there's a future for something like Mélenchonisme, mm-hmm. and it's going to sort of, I mean, obviously, yeah, the attempt to achieve power, Mélenchon has mm-hmm. been like, that is clearly what our goal needs to be. But it seems like this sort of political force has to also be able to be in, I guess, if not dialogue, at least in confrontation with another sort of center-left political force, which has strength. And since 2017, 
there just hasn't been that in yeah, France. Yeah, yeah. The PS has been completely more, that's been just dead yeah, since yeah, 2017. Well, it's, just, it's just evaporated. The Greens have really only sort of emerged as a potential contender with the Socialist Party over the last sort of year. Yeah. The last, yeah. I mean, maybe since, year the, European, two, since maybe, the European yeah. elections, since uh, the municipal elections. Yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's not going to be sort of Mélenchon which is leading that space. But some sort of return to a traditional left-right party structure after, which is going to happen from 2022, well, so from the, this April. Well, see, that's there's the, going to be a return to that, I think. Not, again, not in terms of political forces just yet, because if Macron wins, there will be the, sort of the en marche force. But yeah. Macron sort of is the only person that can, I don't know, smile and say he's a progressive while he leads, like, witch hunts against... <laughs> Like Dalmanam, no one would believe Dalmanam. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, no. So I guess what Harrison is trying to get at is the implicit. So it's either the most likely outcome at the second round is Macron and Le Pen, like last time, or Macron and the uh, woman who just won the right wing primaries, a lady called Valérie Pécresse. Um, and if, for example, if Macron wins, then this kind of ambiguity on the left-wing field of, the, of, 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 of French politics in relation to what's being actually done to the country by Macron will remain, you know? And so the, the conditions for a new alliance in between those centre-left forces opposed to Macron and those left-wing, proper left-wing forces opposed to Macron will still be in the same state that it is now, basically. And, and then if Pecres wins, I mean, and you've spoken about this, is that it sort of opens up new possibilities to a certain extent because it, it means that the front, the left-right front, is much clearer. Yeah. Because they, they, they're, they're, there is not going to be... Jadot cannot credibly get on side with Pecres, you know? Like, but he could... With Macron sort of potentially with depending the on the, of the majority, the party. yeah, because Jadot, so the Jadot, the the, the green guy uh, who won the, the green primaries, he's from the sort of right of the Greens. He's a centre left kind of. He's a, he's a bit of a social liberal, but he's the the centre of gravity in his party is is more left wing than him, probably. I would say. Um, and he's. I mean, his goal is to turn the Greens into sort of the, the main power broker. Yeah. Yeah. In the way that the PS was before yeah. 2017. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I guess does that mean that we want Pécresse to win? <laughs> is that is that is that is that the take? What happens after the 2022 election if Pec so obviously if Le Pen wins, that's like you know, you know, yeah. you don't have to get into that. Well, we're going to do a fascism episode in a couple of months. We'll do, we'll, we'll deal with that then. So if Pécresse win, it, in between Macron and Pécresse, it's about how does it affect the reconfiguration of the left already taking place? That yeah. that's the question. Yeah. It would make them. It would accelerate the process of the left having to speak to itself and having to sort of create a bigger tent and and a more credible sort of like. Challenge and all the, I mean, all the most unsavory types of Macron's government would be, but that's very point. much at home in a Pecres. I mean, Bruno Le Maire could but very well be yeah. minister of yeah. the economy. But that, that's um, the thing. Darmanin could very oh. well. I mean, COT probably would rather. But Darmanin is more right wing than Pecres. The end, then you have to consider what would happen. And to it would left, fully... what, would happen, what would happen to the left republic en marche? Obviously, it would explode because the only thing holding it together is Macron. But the left wing, inverted commas, of the republic en marche, they would join Jadot. They would join Jadot. I don't want those motherfuckers over here. 
And how would that, 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 that would make it even harder? Because but again, we, it was, as we were saying, Mélenchon was as power, like what Mélenchon was trying to do, that attempt, or that, that sort of political space was as powerful as it was between 2012 and 2017. Oh, because there was. Because there was the PS there. They were powerful. Yeah. At, they were powerful in sort of, I, don't, I hate, would hate to use the word dialectic. <laughs> there was this sort of, there was this, di- there was this a dialectical of, process, right, between Mélenchon and the sort yeah. of center left, yeah, 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 party. Yeah. Um, oh, at least in twenty twelve, I guess there was. Uh, and, and, oh, you mean? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You mean why uh, La France Insoumise did so well? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the question. I mean, that's go- I, that's going to happen even if Macron, if Macron wins, or if Pécresse wins, yeah. or if. God willing, I mean, fucking, I don't know, not God willing. God. Uh, the opposite. Like, <laughs> forbidding. Us, forbidding or whatever. <laughs> or Le Pen wins. Um, there, like, from, I don't know, April 25th, 2022, there is going to be the war for succession from everyone to the left of Macron. And then, then more specifically, when it comes to La France Insoumise, is can La France Insoumise maintain its radical position? Apart from the main centre-left force, which could potentially be the Greens, can it maintain that space without Mélenchon? That's the question. I mean, like, as least, a distinct yeah. sort of formation, do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, think about this. If, if loads of Macronistes go and join Jadot, what's... Um, uh, I've forgotten her first name. Rousseau. What's her first name? Sandrine. Sandrine Rousseau. Um, you know, is she going to stay in the Greens or is she going to go join the formation that's on the left? I mean, basically, either way, there's going to be a reconfiguration. Yeah, I mean, maybe to conclude on somewhat of like an optimistic point, I guess, is that, sure, yeah, I mean, say what... The first thing so many people say about France with me is, oh, it's basically just like Mélenchon. They, they have um, some... But they have a quite deep roster of... They have some... Like, young... Political figures. Impressive that, people. Daniel yeah, Bonneau is, is seriously impressive. François Ruffin, I think, is a. Oh, he's a really. Like, yeah, he's. An he's impressive guy. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, admire yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, 100%. Um, so there is at least a. And again, there are differences between these figures and they stand sort of for different kind of mm. aspirations or have different yeah. strategic readings. But at least, I guess, the roster is a bit deeper now. Yeah. Yeah. Over after these last yeah they have built up some yeah they built up not people who can replace Mélenchon as the linchpin necessarily I mean who knows maybe maybe someone will step up or whatever but they've definitely uh, generated some impressive left wing parliamentarians yeah yeah and like and you know like they've been holding the flame I mean like God I don't know like they're basically the only party in France that defends. I mean, you know, yeah. we're just, we're going to get into another rant, you know, just forget about it. Like, <laughs> just... Or should we call it there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, Let's call it a day. Yes, yeah. Happy holidays. It's how is it that, like, all our episodes, and I always feel, like, quite dra- drained and politically despondent after that. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about France in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, yeah, like it's a lot could happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe. You never know. Maybe maybe Mélenchon will be polling like twenty five percent, right? And like... will be cruising to a first round 
run out of, well, run you know, out of free elections. There's that sure. line that they always pull out in interviews, which, okay, you know, it's fact, factually correct, I'm sure, which is that at this, the equivalent of this point in the last election, yeah. they were polling, like, worse. Okay. And, and so, you know, there's all the chances, apparently, that yeah. they'll end up with more than they did right, last right, time. Right. But I think, I, I think that's wishful thinking. Yeah. All right, so let's call it there. See you later, guys. Have a lovely night. Good evening. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. See you guys. And I wasn't going to say Merry Christmas. Why not? I like saying Merry Christmas. <laughs> so it's not it's festive. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, Dahmanan's going to get us cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, yeah. See you guys in 2022. Bye. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.